You're listening to the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega Podcast on the Odyssey Robots Radio Network. Can anyone hear me out there? If you can, this is Mr. Sensational Gino Vega coming to you with episode 21 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots radio network. And folks, I'm recording this from the suburbs in a Democrat-run city, Democrats all, and they're being destroyed. The suburbs, they're being destroyed as I speak. Nah, just kidding, everyone. It is me, Mr. Gino V., and I am coming to you with episode 21 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. And as one might expect, it's another day like any other. Not a thing's changed, not a thing will. As maybe some of you out there might know, I guess, there was some kind of big um, election here in the States last week, so I chose to uh, take the week off on the old podcast because I figured people were probably distracted with other stuff and um, there was no real need to hear the mundane ramblings of Mr. Gino V. I mean, I guess there never really is a reason to, but there seemed even less of a reason last week, but I am back. Um, Actually, thinking back to... um, Similar time four years ago, after there was a major election in the U.S., and I was uh, driving my kids to school that day, and we passed this kind of methy compound um, that was near their campus at the time. And as we drove past it, um, this guy was standing out in front of the compound, like on the corner, out on the street, uh just urinating. <laughs> You're just the equipment just out for all to see, just urinating in the street. And I thought, so this is our life now. But then I took the kids to school and I, uh, that day I, it was one of the days where I volunteered in Ms. Two's class. And I think, God, what were grade would she have been at the, in at the time? I guess it would have been third grade. Yeah, four years ago, she would have been eight. So I think that checks out. But anyway, I was volunteering in her third grade class that day. And what I was doing is um, they kind of had this uh, school garden going on on that campus. And uh, that day, um, I guess it would have been Wednesday, huh? Um, was uh, that class's gardening day. So I was out there helping them garden And after being out there for like 45 minutes with this group of third grade kids, I completely forgot about anything else that was going on in the world and um, just fully immersed in that activity of um, helping young minds grow and uh, just uh, hanging out with a crew that could care less about national or world affairs and were generally just kind of getting along doing their thing. And it's kind of a refreshing um, experience, and um, regardless of what your take on national issues are, um, whether you're happy right now, sad right now, apathetic right now, 
Um, now that all the, the dust is kind of cleared, it's probably a good time to sort of recalibrate and remind ourselves that for the most part, you know, this kind of stuff doesn't really affect our lives. I mean, it, it does to a degree. Public policy certain, certainly can affect people's lives, some people more than others. But regardless, what really matters is the real stuff in your life, the people in your life, your friends, your family. Um, it's really easy to get stuck in this spiral of uh, talking points from whatever your particular media sources, grievances against whatever tribe you're not in. Um, but, you know, to really get to a healthy place, I think it's better to kind of set that aside as best you can. And, um, again, focus on what's real. We'll talk about that a little bit more, um, with the topic ahead, um, in this episode. But before we get there, um, want to talk a little bit more revisiting a topic, um, from, I guess it was last time, last episode, episode 20, um, some further thoughts I had on it and just kind of a lesson that I had to be reminded of and, and taught myself over the last few days. So yeah, we're going to take a moment here to do a little, uh, further and updated look at the idea of scarcity mindset and abundance mindset. So you may recall, uh, if you listened to the last episode of the podcast or not, especially if you didn't listen to the last episode of the podcast and who could blame you for not, um, that I was talking about the differences between having a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. The scarcity mindset being one in which there is a finite number of resources, opportunities, what have you in the world, and um, that if you do not receive these things, then someone else will and you will not. Abundance mindset is, uh, in contrast, one where we realize that there is more than enough for everyone and that someone else getting what they need is not an affront to you and or yours. Now, I had an experience the other day, or I guess it was evening, um, that caused me to realize that scarcity and abundance has more to do than just with uh, feeling that one needs to hoard resources or opportunities or um, on the flip side believes that there is enough resources and opportunities for all. Um, it also I, has to do with the uh, size of the world that you see, that you apprehend. Um, but uh, it also is something that... Even for those of us who think that we see things abundantly, um, we always have to check um, that view and uh, see if we are really living up to it or not, because it's very easy to delude yourself that you believe in abundance, but actually you are being just as small-minded and scarcity-minded as the smallest-minded, uh, spiteful, scarcity individual. <laughs> So yeah, what, what happened was this would have been, I guess, Friday evening. Um, I think so. I've completely lost track of time. It's funny, like I'm not even, I'm certainly not the world's most, uh, you know, um, 
first and foremost political junkie or anything like that. Um, but you know, I, I was keeping tabs on, uh, the, uh, what was happening with the election last week and I kept expecting it to wrap up. Um, so I, I, I'm going to just check in and watch for like a few more minutes and then we'll, we'll know what's happening. And then a few minutes were hours and hours were days. And so by, I guess it was Friday when, uh, or was it Saturday? No, it was Saturday. Right. Okay. So this is how out of it I am. So on Saturday when finally the dust settled and aside from the most, uh, kind of conspiratorial-minded uh, know-nothingists, uh, the results were in. Um, I, I was just kind of in an agitated state, and I had nothing to do with any of the actual contents or results of the election. It was really just kind of sitting around watching an unhealthy amount of uh, cable news and just the irritation and weight of waiting for something to happen that you don't know. You know what's going to happen, but you don't know when. So I was just kind of like a, just feeling irritable. Um, and I was probably scrolling through Facebook or something. I, in fact, I was scrolling through Facebook. And uh, I happened to notice a um, great friend of the show and the network and just a great friend in real life, um, a listener named Joe. Uh, you may have heard him. He he uh, writes in or calls in with questions to uh, Icy Robots shows from time to time. Um, but Joe is just a solid individual, known him for years, hardworking guy, um, one of those proverbial, just all-American work ethic, would give you the shirt off his back. Uh, he works in heating and cooling, and he has come over numerous times and fix the heater uh, at my home in Santa Rosa when I lived there, and then now when we have tenants there. Um, refuses any kind of uh, compensation, just does it out of the kindness of his heart. I try to like find a ways to repay him, and he, he ducks me on it. But anyway, Joe's great guy, just solid guy. Um, anyway, he had posted uh, something election-related, and... Um, a fellow showed up on his thread, and it was a Facebook friend of his that I don't know. Um, again, Joe and I have known each other for a long time, so we have a lot of overlap in friends and acquaintances. But this was someone unknown to me, and this guy engaged in the thread and posted about how he was very glad that his son was finished with school because it was this... Uh, gentleman's understanding that, quote, Biden wanted to teach the Muslim religion in schools. Now, this comment immediately enraged me, and not on any kind of political level, but just due to the sheer stupidity and ignorance of it. Of all the worries or concerns, um, someone who's not happy about the impending Biden administration could have. The fear that somehow the Muslim religion would now be taught in schools, it strains any sense of credulity, but it also doesn't even make sense. Like what I assume that this individual meant that he believes that somehow um, under the Biden administration, public schools are going to be turned into some sort of like Islamic instructional, I, I don't know that I don't even know the name of uh, 
the kind of religious schools that people go to for Islam, but uh, <laughs> that somehow that's what uh, is going to be the future of the American school system, which is just beyond the pale absurd. Um, maybe he means that they're going to teach about the religion in school, but I find that even that hard to believe because uh, public school, I know from having two children in it, is strained enough with time and resources um, to teach uh, just kind of fundamental things that uh, the idea that they're going to be doing some sort of religious studies is, again, just patently absurd. Um, But it also infuriated me because in true um, scarcity mindset form, this individual's world is so small that his understanding of, quote, the Muslim religion is that it is some uh, alien belief system um, adhered to by outside invaders. Uh, I, I imagine he probably associates it exclusively with Islamic terrorism, Islamic extremism. And as someone who does not have a dog in the religious fight, um, I don't uh, subscribe to any religion, even to the point where I'm not, I'm, nor am I a belligerent uh, religious atheist. I, uh, I, I actually have respect for world religions and studied uh, religion quite a bit in college, but not as a believer in religion, but more as the, the role that it has played in human history. And I do understand why people, what people are looking for when they go to religion. I don't necessarily believe that any particular religion or for sure fundamentally believing in any religion is the uh, proper uh, endpoint. But anyway, I get it. I'm not, I'm not an anti-religious person, but I'm also, I I don't identify with a particular religion. And um, in a scarcity mindset, of course, the religion that you most closely associate with, even if you're not a member of it, but you think of it as like the dominant paradigm, like generally people uh, like this individual, um, God only knows if he's a, a Christian or not, but he lives in a world where Christianity is the dominant paradigm. The scarcity mindset then sees all other religions as alien and in their most extreme form. So for a guy like this, you know, to th- you, you ask him to visualize a Muslim and he visualizes Osama bin Laden. But that would be like if you're asking someone to visualize a Christian and all they could see was Timothy McVeigh. Now see someone like me from a remove, I can see that those are extreme poles of these particular religious manifestations. But then there are like millions and millions of people in the middle and in way further as far from those extremes as possible too. So anyway, I don't usually get into arguments with people about uh, politics or whatnot on Facebook, on social media. I've occasionally ended up blocking a few people, um, not because of political differences, but like, you know, if it starts to veer into topics that are a bridge too far for me, um, for instance, at one time uh, ended up having to block someone because they posted a meme and it was a bunch of these like gnarly paddles for beating children. And it was like... uh, make children great again. And even if that's meant as a joke, it's just like, you know, I'm not into beating kids. You know? <laughs> and that's not even like, that shouldn't even be a political thing, but whatever. But the point is, I, I don't usually, I usually will either look the other way or kind of have a certain amount of tolerance for uh, 
political stuff that isn't necessarily my bag. But this just infuriated me, as I said, nerves are frayed. And so I kind of got into it with this guy a little bit, a little bit, you know. And so uh, some some words were said. Um, and Joe rightly ended up coming in and uh, telling us both to stop, and he ended up deleting the uh, thread. But I was in such a state of rage that then I continued um, – Rather than I couldn't post what I was last going to say publicly because Joe had deleted the thread, so I private messaged Joe instead. And Joe had been saying that like me and this other guy were both good people, so we both should stop. And my argument to Joe was that uh, how could you possibly be a good person if you're out there spreading ignorant Islamophobic stuff? And uh, the guy was coming out following that up with like some QAnon nonsense. Um, and I was like, you know, this is actually like dangerous, harmful stuff. And I, I can't believe you're enabling it. And I was starting to get mad at Joe. And then thankfully, like it, as soon as I let that out and as soon as I realized I had the split moment where I realized I was actually angry at Joe, I had to like slap myself across the face and be like, what's wrong with you? You know, it's like I myself am right now allowing my world to get so small that I'm starting to take out frustrations, unwarranted frustrations on literally one of the best people that I've ever known. Um, just because I'm letting myself be sort of demented by the power of the scarcity mindset, because it is a very powerful, very virulent thing that causes us to, uh, turn on each other basically. Um, so I felt horrible and apologized to Joe. Um, but in the days since, I've still tried to think about how to deal with these instances where, um, you know, you want to keep things abundant. You want to uh, live up to IC Robot's whole ELE, everybody love everybody uh, motto. But at the same time, you know, it, you don't want to let bad things continue to happen. You don't want to enable hate in the world. But, you know, you certainly don't end hate by hating. So I thought about this guy, the, the fear of Muslim religion in the schools guy. And I was like, what would be a better way? What would have been a more abundant way to see this guy and to have reacted to him? And, you know, honestly, I don't think there's any point, any positive way of interacting with people on social media about this stuff. So, you know, it's just a case where I got to remind myself it's just not worth it. But then what do I do with the feelings that I have about it? Do I just quietly seethe with rage? That doesn't seem healthy either. Um, but what I realized is what I should have felt for this guy really was empathy. Because how sad that is you know, to be in that small of a world. And then I realized, you know, I thought about it. And in part of the reason that I am fortunate, blessed enough to not feel that way, to not, you know, have such a small world that I'm, I'm afraid of Muslim people, um, you know, is that I, I've, I've experienced these people as people. Um, I used to live in Oakland, California, and we lived in a condominium building. And on the uh, street level was all retail. And um, down there under our building was a telegraph quality market. 
Telegraph Quality Market was owned and operated by two brothers, I believe, of Lebanese origin. Uh, now American citizens living here in the United States. Uh, one of them had a wife who was a real estate agent. Um, they were super nice, friendly guys. Um, kept a wonderfully stocked uh, corner store. You know, there's an issue in um, this country when you want to talk about how public policy does actually affect people, that uh, people in urban areas without a lot of means oftentimes are um, subjected to a lack of opportunity for uh, proper groceries. There aren't grocery stores in uh, a lot of inner city areas. And so these people are stuck with basically getting their groceries from a liquor store. And Telegraph Quality Market was a liquor store for sure, but they always did a really nice job of, you know, stocking actual real foods as well. And they were always really respectful to people in the community. They were part of the community. Um, you know, I, I got to know those guys over the over the few years that I lived in that building, and they were just super normal guys going about their business, trying to make a buck and you know live with their family. And there's people. American people. Um, they were no more spending their days in the store plotting acts of terror than, uh, you know, the Christian store owner on Main Street USA is sitting around plotting to uh, blow up federal buildings. You know, it's they're just ordinary average folks who happen to have a different religion. But I realized that... Um, not everyone has these experiences. Not everyone's opened themselves up, uh, lived the kind of life or been in the right parts of the world to see different kinds of people and understand that uh, different kinds of people pretty much just want to live their lives. <laughs> so I could be a total condescending jerk about it and pick on people with uh, small worlds online, or I can just try to be a little more abundant myself, and a little more understanding. Folks, I mentioned at the start of the show that there was going to be a secondary topic that I was going to get into today, but I am going to kick that can down the road to episode 22 next week. I'm going to talk about an excellent television show that I just finished watching, HBO's The Watchmen. We're going to talk about Watchmen and we're going to talk about families and family relationships because for me, that's really what that show is all about. But uh, we've already been going on for a while here, so we're going to talk about that next time. I'm just going to end it here today with some final thoughts coming out of um, election and politics season. And then we'll kind of get away from that, um, probably for good. <laughs> uh, if somehow this show exists four years from now, maybe we'll talk about it again. But uh not something I really want to continue to dwell on moving forward. Um, but I do want to one last time um, hearken to what I feel from my own limited experience one can do regardless of one's uh, political affiliations um, to become more active in um our society. I feel like one of the many uh, toxic currents um, 
kind of sweeping through American life. Maybe it's like this in other countries too. I wouldn't know, but uh, maybe you can tell me if you're listening from elsewhere. But um, this one particular toxic current that I feel um, could very easily be remedied is um, this social construct where as Americans we have endless opinions about what's happening in our neighborhood, our city, our county, our state, our country. Um, But we simply remain passive consumers with opinions. And there's a lot of, they need to do this, why did they do that, with no real knowledge of who they are. Um, I was thinking about this even with this election and where the overwhelming um, participation caused counting to be slow in certain areas. And there was a lot of grumbling about why can't they count faster? But of course, they are actual people doing poll work. And um, I would imagine if you're actually there on the ground, there are probably very uh, reasonable causes for why it was taking a long time. But you know, from a distance as consumers, we don't see that. We're not privy to that. So again, the amorphous they becomes an easy target without us doing anything to participate or to understand these processes or to help with them. Um, When I was involved in um, my kids' school in Santa Rosa, both my wife and I were pretty heavily involved volunteering there um, and with the parent-teacher organization and such. I got kind of this weird microcosm look at what it's like to be behind the scenes doing work, in this case, volunteer work for an institution, because oftentimes um, someone would get agitated that uh, something that they perceive should be happening wasn't. And usually, almost always, like 99.9% of the time, Either the thing was happening, there was a reason why it wasn't happening, or if the person had simply brought it to the attention of people that could do anything about it, something would have happened. But instead, um, kind of rumor and conjecture gets thrown out there, and all of a sudden you have an angry mob when really there's either nothing to be angry about or what caused the mob could easily be fixed if rather than forming a mob of consumers people became active participants. So that is kind of my plea um, to you out there. If you are someone that is concerned about life at the local, state, federal level, or what have you, um, try to figure out a way that you can get involved. You know, um, there's the tired American cliche that you can't fight City Hall. But that's often said by people who have never been civically engaged and then maybe they show up because they don't like one project that's happening in their neighborhood and then they're dismayed because they can't do anything to change it. But that kind of change requires involvement, investment. And I feel like it's strange that in a country that's built on participatory democracy, usually casting a vote is the most that any of us do. So again, I just put it out there. Figure out how you can get involved in your community. Do some volunteer work. uh, Get involved in local issues. um, And really, that's a big one. Start paying attention to what's going on um, close to home. Because oftentimes, that is a lot more impactful to your actual life than stuff that's going on at the glitzier federal level. 
Or don't. I mean, it's up to you. Just putting it out there as an idea. Um, if we all are invested in the game, maybe we'll all play together better. Or not. Who knows? Folks, it's me, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, signing off from another episode of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. Thanks, as always, for bearing with me. And we'll talk again.